0: This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Vogue. Hello, everyone. My name is Joris Peels, and this is another episode of the 3D Pod. And with me, as always, is Maxwell Vogue.
1: Hey, Joris. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm fine. Who do we have on the pod this week? Well, we have Mahendran Reddy on the pod. And Mahendran is the business development director of NAMIC. And NAMIC is a Singaporean uh, organization that is trying to well, essentially uh, bring uh, additive manufacturing 3D printing to Singapore. They're trying to stimulate startups. They're trying to do conferences. They're trying to get businesses to set up shop in Singapore and generally make uh, Singapore kind of the home of additive manufacturing 3D printing. So, and uh, yeah, Mahendran is trying to promote that. And uh, he organizes conferences as well. And, uh, and yeah, and that's why we would love, we'd love to have him here today. Uh,
2: it's a pleasure to be here, uh, Joris. Yeah, as ever, nice to see you uh, online. And, uh, yeah, I'm really um, pumped up to have this conversation today with all of you.
0: So just for people who don't know, what exactly is Namek?
2: Um, NAMIC is, uh, you know, it's a, it's an organisation here in Singapore. It's funded by the National Research Foundation under the Prime Minister's Office. Uh, we've been set up, uh, you know, we've been initiated in uh, 2015, and really we got going in 2016. So we've been in existence for the last uh, six years. So NAMIC actually is an acronym for the National Additive Manufacturing Innovation Cluster. It's really a program office that is uh, set up. To catalyze the adoption of uh, 3D printing or additive manufacturing, as we all very fondly know, um, right here in Singapore. So it's you know we 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 identified that you know if we want to move up the value chain in manufacturing, um, AM is one of the tools that would enable us to get there uh, quicker. I mean especially there's so much emphasis uh, on productivity and uh, you know there's a manpower crunch and all of that. So bringing together AM, together with AI um, uh, and, and uh, digitalization of the whole process is what uh, we think is, will make a difference. And um, so, yeah, so it's uh, on that background, um, NAMIC was set up. And that's, you know, in a nutshell what, what NAMIC is. I mean, I can go on and on, but, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's really a, a, a tool. And, uh, I mean, it's an organization that actually connects uh, R&D, actually. We are very much in the space of uh, research and development. Uh, we, we are looking at working with researchers at the universities, at the, you know, at um, IHLs, uh, Institute of Higher Learnings, as well as Research Institute um, in specific areas uh, to, 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 you know, to not just to have uh, the IPs that are existing at the universities so or IPs that are being generated just to recite that, But to see how that can be commercialized, how they can come into the market and to bring, you know, uh, add value to the industry. So I think that's pretty much uh, our core um, uh, reason why we exist today. Yeah.
1: Are there any kind of fun and public uh, examples that you can point to yet? Or is it still too early?
2: I mean, there are quite a lot of projects I've been working with over the last five years. We've invested a substantial amount of uh, millions of dollars into this. Um, and we've um, managed to commercialize, uh, uh, you know, a few companies as well uh, in the areas of uh, blockchain um, uh, and, and AM, uh, as well as uh, you know, in the healthcare sector. We have also companies like Osteopor, um, you know, Denova um, the Sciences. These are sort of companies that are all coming through. Uh, through some of the R and D work and uh, that we are doing, we also, you know, uh, encourage or we try to attract uh, innovative startups, you know, to come to Singapore uh, and to do some R and D work with us, and then enhance uh, finding new IPs also that come into the to the market. I mean, very recently we've had um, MollyWorks setting up uh, presence in Singapore. Uh, as you know, MollyWorks is, you know, in, in the whole uh, space of sustainability, of uh, recycling, um, you know, metals. And, uh, and, and also, um, uh, similarly to them, we're looking at other um, companies such as uh, MiniWiz from Taiwan. Uh, it's also looking at upcycling and recycling uh, um, polymers uh, for various applications, especially in the um, built environment space. Um, So these are just such a a few that I can think of at this point in time and there are more um, even in the software space. I think very recently uh, we've got Hyperganic setting up their base here in Singapore to really expand the business out of Singapore into the Asia-Pacific region Um, and Hyperganic is really, you know, uh, they're into design optimization and and so on. I mean, they're a, a very special tool. Uh, you know, we we can spend some time talking about them, but I mean, I'm sure we've heard of them. They have been in stealth mode for the last uh, years, and they've now so now come out. Um, they're getting investment, and they're growing big, and they're looking at Singapore um, as a, a very good uh, base to launch uh, their company uh, beyond uh, where they started in Germany.
0: So the, I'd like to, because you guys seem to focus on that, like. Look, first off, I think you guys, like you guys in the Danish AM hub, are the ones that I look to as doing this really, really well, promoting your region really, really well. Uh, and and what I think is, there's a couple of things that are unique about the Singaporean approach. And one is, I think it's attracting. I think Berlin tried it as well to attract mature, more mature businesses uh, to Singapore. So, um, but you guys are really like have a lot of hustle in that area. So. You know, if I'm like, let's say I'm a scale up, or if I'm like a, an established AM business, um, you know, why would I choose Singapore as my like headquarters? What's the, the the logic to be there?
2: I mean, Singapore, um, you know, primarily has always been a uh, a hub for many businesses, uh, not just in the space of AM. It is, it's, it is, um, it is very uniquely positioned uh, uh, as a hub for businesses. As a as a hub uh, you know it's, it's a place to live work and play actually really I mean you come here you know you're not just gonna do business right you you need a place which is very cosmopolitan uh, which which respects uh, IP protection very highly um, and um, so you know there's there's a lot of uh, intellectual property protection laws and uh, in place that uh, which uh, aligned with uh, a lot of um, uh, of the free trade agreements we have with most countries um, so to just to start from that basis alone uh, I think Singapore is very ripe uh, to attract uh, in investments and businesses to set up here um, specifically in the manufacturing especially uh, in, in am I think um, uh, we do you know again because it, it is a, a clean technology right so it is uh, it is a digital space we have a very highly qualified workforce here um, that is uh, also, I would say, uh, mature to cater to um, uh, to the needs of uh, AM companies who are setting up here um, to have that workforce that would be readily available to get them on board the journey. You know, to 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 be able to uh, you know get those returns that they're looking at um, uh, for their businesses. So I think there's a, you know, a highly qualified workforce here um, and there's you know, plenty of uh, governmental support um, for, you know, for, for businesses, especially AM businesses, who want to set up here. We have the Economic Development Board, which has got a lot of uh, various schemes and grants uh, that one can tap into, uh, in terms of uh, you know, workforce training and in, 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 in so on, and other tax incentives and, and all of that. Uh, that you know you can go into depth, uh, you can find out from EDB themselves, but um, but these are very attractive uh, schemes that uh, one can rely on, um, and uh, and on top of that, uh, for what we do uh, from from a NAMIC point of view is uh, uh, we also uh, enable um, close collaboration with international companies uh, to get onto research projects, uh, which. You know which will result in um, you know tangible outcomes uh, that with IPS and potential commercialization and spin-offs to happen so um, so there's it's, it's a very um, I would say visionary uh, very forward-looking kind of policies that we have in place here that uh, that I think uh, you know I'm sure there are other countries that have similar policies but I think uh, on on the you know if you look at the overall scheme of things uh, I think all that comes together um, and uh, you know I mean we our first language is English huh? so although we are a very multi language multicultural society, but I think you know communication is absolutely utmost importance right uh, and and that's something that uh, that plays to our strength as well here in Singapore.
0: A friend of mine once described Singapore as Asia for beginners. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I like to call it Asia with training wheels, but uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I think Asia for business uh, it's,
2: uh, for for beginners. It's, it's, it's a really nice thing to say because I mean, you it's a landing pad, right? You come here. It's it's actually, you know, we've got close to five and a half six million people here. It's it's not super big. It's not super small. It's a great place to test bit ideas, uh, and also to to try it out. I mean, so we've got. Um, Many, you know, uh, opportunities here to to actually try out things and uh, and implement it, and uh, and you know, really to to, suit, to see some results uh, in a, in the short term as well.
0: And yeah. the food's amazing as well. I think. That's, that's <laughs> well. No, yeah. Seriously, I love the food. It's one of my favorite food destinations anywhere.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's, you should, I mean, both of you guys, are most welcome to come. I mean, Joris, you've been to Singapore and we've we've had some great time uh, going out and having some nice meals. Uh, it, the, the quality is still there. So feel free to come anytime.
1: Oh, good. Uh, it, right. is, it is a pleasant place. I've enjoyed my time in Singapore. Yeah. But you guys also have quite the banking industry on top of that all. Does that help with the investment side beyond the fund that you work for or the organization that you work for? Is that are they generous towards startups? <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I mean, you know, I think Singapore is very pro-business, right? And, yeah. and as you rightfully said, it is a financial hub here. I mean, so there's lots of uh, um, transactions going on as far as businesses are concerned. Uh, for startups, definitely, you know, it is it is uh, it is an area that uh, we are very keen to. To, to go into and support, I mean, for ourselves, I mean, I'm just uh, on the back of a startup innovation forum that we did uh, recently is pretty much, uh, you know, trying to spur um, uh, interest from VCs into looking at uh, startups, at least for the AM space uh, and to give them a bit of um, a leg up also, you know, to get into the industry. Um, so we do, do have um, quite a few, I would say more than quite a few. I mean, there's a lot of activity going on here. Uh, what's coming up next, I think, in, in November, we have this um, uh, thing called Switch, which is the Singapore Week of uh, Innovation. Uh, um, and uh, there we have uh, hundreds of uh, startups, you know, not just in AM, uh, but you know, generally uh, in, in, in tech and deep tech. Um, coming and pitching the ideas to uh, global um, uh, VCs who are present. So we are very um, uh, pro-entrepreneurship and uh, we are seeing a a lot more uh, of our, you know, there's a bit of a shift in mindset also uh, with the young folks coming into, you know, coming out of uh, university and, you know, um, wanting to do their own and. You know, innovating uh, existing uh, ideas and and actually innovating uh, the new ideas. So, uh, VCs are definitely. I mean, this this whole community is growing uh, quite exponentially in Singapore. I must say.
0: One thing is okay. So let's let's talk really concretely. Let's say I'm like a German company or something like that, right? I've got my German, hopefully I have a holding company or something like that, and I've got my German entity, and then now I just want to go to Singapore. What do I actually do? What are the steps and how long will it take me to do this?
2: We, we do have um, the Economic Development Board and Enterprise Singapore. These are, are some of our government agencies uh, that do have uh, offices in, in Europe. Uh, if you're talking about Germany, for example, they do have offices in in Frankfurt, uh, they and and the, the regional directors there are actually on the lookout for uh, and and also consulting uh, companies, MNCs, uh, and you know in Germany, you know Germany, the Mittelstand and and so on uh, to to look at Singapore as a, a viable location for them to do business. So that's where the first step always starts there, and then um, and then you know we do have a lot of. Uh, uh, exchange we do, you know, in the in German, I mean, in Singapore, we have the German Center and the the AHK, which is the Auslands Handelskammer. I think they're also here based here. So, um, there's uh, between there's a G2G connection quite uh, deeply. Um, so through that, um, through the various uh, you know, agencies that are located overseas uh, in Germany, in, in Europe, um. And they get consulted very uh, specifically how and what they need to do uh, in order to set up business, uh, especially uh, in Singapore. And then specifically when it comes to AM, I mean the, the go-to guys are Namik, um, and we we actually have a lot of uh, um, these um, exchanges. Uh, an example I can you know uh, I can tell you is we I mean part of our whole ecosystem expansion. Um, program that we have is um, we we have a uh, uh, collaboration with large organizations uh, you know in for, for Germany for example MGA mobility goes additive uh, we do have a, a collaboration with them whereby um, we expose uh, Singapore uh, network to their network uh, and vice versa and to see how collaborations can take place um, you know, so the likes of 2 suit for example, who have uh, a strong presence in Singapore, uh, working with, uh, you know, Singaporean uh, companies to qualify their AM setup uh, yeah, and so on. Um, these are the ways that we are, you know, working with um, international companies. Yeah, so we, we do have these kinds of levers, uh, you know, in existence, uh, in on location in the U.S., in in Germany, in Europe, in London, and so on. So we have Singapore's uh, overseas offices there that uh, help these um, companies and folks uh, to look at Singapore as a as a, a real promising uh, location for business for them.
0: And also, like nowadays, like you know, relocating. Uh, Something like immigration and stuff like that is much more difficult. Like trying to get, like for example, a really good engineer into the United States is, is much much more difficult than a couple of years ago. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, how easy is it to me to relocate my people to, to Singapore and stuff like this?
2: Well, I mean, uh, uh, I you know, I'm, pro- I'm probably not the the expert on uh, on
1: on <laughs> immigration
2: policies and you know who gets uh, a visas and so on. But I think uh, in in, you know, in an essence, we do. We are very pro pro uh, business, right? So uh, in Singapore, and uh, we are you know pro investment. Um, so I think uh, from to my knowledge, uh, companies at least uh, like what I mentioned earlier, like like the likes of MollyWorks or HyperGenics, uh, they are all coming from the U.S. from from Germany, uh, wanting to set up. Um, their business here and um you know they have been hiring like crazy uh, you know they're ramping up very quickly within the last six months they've, they've you know they've gone into hiring like about 10 people uh, already all singapore-based engineers uh, you know software engineers uh, marketing folks um and also uh, you know um, mechanical i mean engineers who are who are running the machines on the ground uh, and setting up the the factories and so on so um i think it's uh they've, from to my knowledge they're not having any any roadblocks or or you know um, anything that derails their business plans
0: that's, that's good to hear i think now it's, it's a bit of a problem for people um but also like okay if we look at like like if i'm a startup why would i start my startup in singapore let's say rather than somewhere else
2: well, why would you want to start it up in Singapore? I mean, it depends on your business case, right? So, if you think your customer base is uh, going to be, you know, located in Asia, then you know Singapore is the right place for you to to get it going. I mean, and there there are a lot of um, you know uh, support available uh, as well, um, especially for startups, um, and uh, and for us, uh, we, we we assess startups in a way that. What is their value proposition and how is it going to change the needle? Uh, Is it going to to be impactful uh, in in moving up the value chain? Um, So when we we assess uh, startups in this vein, then I think we we have sufficient uh, avenues to see how we can support them. So if I'm a startup uh, and if I know You know, Singapore has uh, low taxation um, uh, systems in place and uh, we've got uh, very good, uh, you know, it's a stable environment to do business uh, and uh, there's a thriving um, VC community that can, you know, that can uh, help me, you know, uh, be be recognized and uh, to be invested into then, uh, then I'd say, yeah. Then Singapore is a place for me to come.
0: And do you guys, like, you seem to have a, like a focus in the areas you research in, and also the areas you commercializing. Like, for example, like you do a lot of work in marine. Is there like an industry level focus, or is that because you're an island? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think,
2: as you know, I mean, Singapore is like, uh, yeah, like what uh, uh, Max just said. I mean, Singapore is an island, and it's it's a strategic island. I mean, maritime has always been Singapore's. Uh, Bread and butter, right? I mean, from 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 years gone by, from our forefathers, uh, you know, it was it was it was maritime that really brought trade, um, and and Singapore is strategically located uh, between the Far East and the in the West. Um, so so that's that's always been, uh, and we have been, you know, a very strategic port, busiest port in the world, um, and so on. So. So that that has really um, you know helped us focus as well to see you know especially, and then you go into uh, technology like AM to see how, um, how uh, where are the sweet spot where AM can play a role. Um, you know, is it in um, you know MRO, uh, you know spare parts uh, and so on, right? So. Um, so that's, that's uh, where um, and we, we took a, a good approach uh, on, a, on a national level to bring in different players from OEMs, uh, from the researchers, from the government authorities uh, to have a, 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 um, a national plan to see how uh, then all these different pieces come together to assist one another with the goal of of uh, transforming i would say in a way uh, the way we approach mro um, you know unlike in a traditional way um, you know um, and now it's uh, uh, pretty much printing on demand and to you know to to create um, a digital inventory it's uh, you know it's uh, distributed manufacturing all of these things uh, you know comes into play and especially we have ships coming to singapore um, as a part of call uh, not only to offload their goods and services, but also to do uh, repairs, right, to the ship. And and as we know, it's it's money, right? Every day uh, they they spend uh, at the port, it's actually uh, a cost to the owners. So uh, can can these uh, whatever parts that need to be replaced, repaired, and so on, uh, you know, um, be 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 uh, placed uh, on order beforehand before they come, and so these are printed, ready um, to be replaced, uh, to be fitted in, and so on. Um, uh, and uh, so that that as a as a principle and as a as a strategy uh, has you know we see that um, for the sector which is uh, kind of like really ready and ripe. So it is it has been. Uh, Long journey in the last uh, four years or so, where where we've been very uh, strategic about this, and you know, working with our researchers at the university. Um, and an example, as you may have heard of, the three D metal forge, which is the uh, you know world's uh, first, I would say, on site um, AM facility to uh, repair parts um, using technology that was developed together uh, at the Singapore University of Technology and Design which we, are, we have a hub uh, on a WAM technology um, and also incorporating uh, AI and so on um, and to be able to print uh, larger parts uh, specific uh, you know parts um, for the for this sector so um, that's kind of uh, I mean in a way because you know we we realize uh, maritime is sort of ready and ripe, so and that's how we went into it, and um, we've seen uh, very good returns for the for this uh, um, um, uh, way of uh, printing a platform that was uh, uh, the WAM platform that was uh, put together and uh, you know researched and eventually put into operations uh, at the port of Singapore yeah i think it's it's a
0: very exciting technology for large scale stuff repairing things it's also really really inexpensive comparatively
2: yeah exactly so i think i mean when we look at am technologies we you know i think everybody is asking for what is the, the price difference because you know it doesn't make a business case and so on so uh, in this in this instance uh, it is it is making sense uh, especially when you uh, consider the the cost for a ship to be, you know, uh, at the port for many days, and and versus if you can print on demand, uh, or, you know, within a short period of time, get it fixed, and off they go. So, so that's uh, that's actually uh, cost saving uh, tremendously for the for the ship owners.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I also think it's what's really cool is I think there's a there's Tishen Coop which also is in Singapore doing also this MRO activity, also other stuff, right? Then there's also Wilhelmsen, which is like a ship supply company, essentially. They're also doing this based in Singapore and also active in 3D printing and Evaldi as well, right? So, so you're kind of having concentric circles of stuff, companies doing the same thing and similar projects in the same vertical, right?
1: So there are actually companies out there right now doing it where like if I'm a ship, I can radio to Singapore as I'm coming into port and say I need a new screw lead whatever. And then by the time I actually get there, the parts made and they can bring it to the ship and then I'm down for a day rather than six.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, I mean, Joris rightfully said, I mean, there is uh, Group at the moment. They're actually uh, doing a a joint venture with Williamson uh, to, you know, to do exactly what uh, you're saying, right? So there's a a service provider and then we have a, a ship owner um, coming together to actually identify parts that they can actually uh, print on demand for for them having such a large fleet of ships as well. So um, so that's that's pretty much uh, aligned to you know how we we got this going. So um, and I think we'll be seeing more of such because I think uh, as you. As you know, sort of uh, with with use cases, uh, you demonstrate uh, that these work, and you know, um, and and when when you actually put a business case to it, along with uh, the value that uh, you know the technology brings, then you you're gonna have uh, everyone you know um, saying, yeah, all right, that's something that I want to also uh, have in my, uh, um, yeah, my operations, yeah. So for you know for uh, I think uh, Williamson they had actually uh, together they were 3D printing the twist lock pins uh, and that uh, you know that these were produced through through 3D metal forge. Um, so uh, these these have actually uh, demonstrated uh, the uh, the technology for for use.
0: I think also what it's also I think another example of MRO again is just additive flight solutions, which I think is a. Uh, it's it's just like a joint venture between stratasys and like uh and and uh the local airline right or
2: yeah singapore airlines engineering company mm.
0: yeah, yeah. So, and that just that's the idea yeah. to make they actually they actually sell parts like all time i'm guessing i hope uh parts like that, that you could that are like refurbished parts for or not refurbished but they were m r o parts from polymer for 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 aircraft
2: exactly no yeah so i mean um that's a very good example. So, because if you what our, our strategy was to really look at different verticals, right? So, for for marine and offshore and aerospace, uh, for you know healthcare and so on, so in precision engineering and so AFS, uh, as you said, you know the good joint venture between uh, strategies and uh, SIA engineering company. Uh, it's a it's a very good example of um, you know um, of how uh, AM you know, it's applied in, in this sector. Um, so, I mean, you know, we, we know Stratasys, uh, I think they've produced, uh, you know, more than 6,000 uh, aviation parts, uh, you know, uh, they do have a, a, a big portfolio of uh, uh, catalog uh, items, you know. So, um, and, and you know, and, and also interestingly, you know, through all of these work that they've been doing, uh, uh, they have also been, uh, AS uh, nine uh, uh, certified by the uh, Aerospace Quality Group. So um, and so, this actually really shows that you know three D printing really works, uh, and and their and their products are in in compliance um, uh, with uh, you know global standards uh, and statutory requirements. So I mean, this is definitely gonna all go well for 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 this sector for the for the future and how. Um, they are helping, you know, to to print material uh, lower, you know, you know, in terms of weight, and as we know, you know, it all, all amounts to fuel savings and and light, lighter um, parts in, in the aircraft. So um, yeah, so I think there's uh, has been a lot of emphasis on the uh, non-critical uh, parts that are used in, in in flight, but also going into some more critical parts
1: you personally what are you finding to be the most exciting thing in the am space right now like in the future for the future
2: personally uh, i mean i think there's, uh, i mean for me am as a technology i mean the, the, my journey into this whole um, am is very interesting you know as you, as you mentioned earlier i mean um I'm trained as an architect um, but um, very hands-on as well. And uh, in my early days uh, um, in the business, uh, I had set up a national design center in Singapore where, you know, I mean, so primarily I I speak the design and and really from a design perspective, but I think it's also design in an engineering uh, sense is slightly different. Um, But uh, I think the way I, uh, you know, my, my excitement came when when I first got my hands on a first, uh, you know, FDM printer uh, when we set up the National Design Center in Singapore, uh, and then slowly going into you know powder bed fusion and, and so on. So you know the excitement, you know, is still as exciting. I mean, you know, I'm seeing a lot more in metal and printing. Um, so that's and that's you know from from 2015. Where I first sort of got introduced to AM to now, uh, you know, six years down the road, uh, a lot of um, you know um, improvements have been made in technology, um, but um, again, so uh, I think I'm I'm very excited to also to see AM how it's uh, impacting you know um, uh, you know human lives as well. I mean, I'm also the uh, community manager for Three D Heels here in Singapore. Um, it's a, sort of like a ground-up organization uh, from the US, um, bringing you know uh, exciting uh, uh, AM folks, uh, clinicians uh, who want to make a difference uh, in in you know in healthcare and biomedical space. Um, I think that's that's very exciting uh, for me. But uh, but having said that, you know, in my blood is still you know as an architect, and that's what I'm interested is into seeing how um, the uh, AM has an impact in the built environment. Um, You know, we do see a lot of um, buildings being printed uh, around the world, um, you know, uh, (laughs) with printers. I mean, we are kind of, uh, yeah, there's, you know, we are skeptical. Is this for real or is it images that we are seeing? Uh, Can we see something that's printed and it's not gonna fall apart and all of that right i mean we we do have our opinions on that so but but having said that you know um if if we can have an impact uh in the belt environment i think that that would be very exciting so i'm 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 sort of interested to see where and how we can take that to the next level
1: so yeah it's it is about as an architect as someone who actually has uh you know, real knowledge and understanding on how buildings are built, are you seeing the concrete printing becoming an actual viable technology or do you think it's still, today, do you think it's still kind of a novelty tech?
2: Well, I think it's still a novelty tech. I mean, I, um, I think there's still a lot more that, that needs to be done to, I think uh, there are a few things, right? I mean, from, from a structural point of view, we're still... Um, uh, you know, I think the jury is still out there uh, if you know, you can you really can fully 3D print a building and and, and then call it a 3D printed building and not a, a hybrid structure. Uh, I think that's one. And and secondly, it's the is the finishing, the quality of finishing. Right. Uh, the kind that, uh, you know, especially, you know, from where I come from in Singapore, where real estate is uh, really um, uh, on the higher end, I would say. It is not a cheap commodity, right? So, so when someone is paying so much money in the millions, uh, you know, um, for for an apartment or for a house, uh, then you you expect a certain uh, level of finishing, and so on. So I think we're not there yet. So, but I think it's very promising. It be on a, you know a certain route, but uh, uh, I think we're still somewhere to go before it's gonna be. You know, sort of like a mass adopted uh, technology.
0: Also, and I think in your area, another area of focus area of you guys is like healthcare and stuff like this. I really like Osteopore because they use they basically stitch bones together using PCL, of course, which like is like one of my favorite materials. Yeah, and and uh, also there's uh, was it Craft Health, right?
2: Yes, that's right.
0: The, I love Craft Health because it's like it's like it's like a pill printer and a nutritional uh, printer, and I just think that that's just a huge unexplored area.
2: Exactly. No, I think this, so. The we, we were talking about startups and all that earlier on, right? So these are the guys you know who are thinking out of the box. They're thinking, you know, hey, how can we deliver you know um, uh, medicine pills uh, for someone who has who needs to take you know ten different pills, twenty different pills. Uh, Is there any way you can condense that into like a one pill or a two pill with all the various uh, different medication going into one? So I think that's sort of like the principle that they've been working on. And uh, and these guys are successful and, um, you know, um, and, and people are taking notice, right?
0: Yeah. No, oh, I think, but it it's also interesting to me that, like, if you look at these nutritional market, it's huge, right? All these, ner- so personalized nutrition is huge to me. Um, medicine and personalized medicine is huge, but we see very little activity in those two areas, right? And we see a whole bunch of people doing food printers, for example, or a whole bunch of people looking at. Uh, well, trying. Yeah, trying to do food printers, <laughs> uh, and, but it's just like it's just like I don't understand why there's no focus on those uh, those gigantic areas of nutrition and stuff like this.
2: Uh, i wonder as well but i think as uh, like you say you know uh, there's is, there's is, a uh, a lot of emphasis today in terms of nutrition and you know uh, healthy living uh, you know diet dieting and you know um, so i i suppose uh maybe there needs i don't know there needs uh, more exposure um, to this space uh, and maybe we should put out some problem statements for startups to say, "Hey, uh, go into this and, uh, and and look it up, and maybe they'll find some solutions."
0: Yeah, uh, you you review, you look at like a whole a whole bunch of startup companies and all this. Like, are there firms that you're like you're not seeing and that you'd like to see more of, like firms in particular verticals or particular solving particular problems?
2: The, we are looking, you know, into pretty much into sustainability. I think that's a, that's a, you know in, that's kind of key today. We're we're looking uh, at the whole circular economy. What what we would like to see more is uh, what can have impact, you know, in terms of uh, being environmental. Um, you know, we talked about food supplies as well, right? I mean, so anything along this uh, this space. Um, is what I think will be will be what will be impactful. Um, I mean, that's my own personal opinion. To see uh, these these could be some growth uh, areas and industries. Uh, you know, uh, clean tech. Um, you know, medical technology, food and clean tech. You know, these are sort of like renewable infrastructure. Um, you know, e vehicles and so on. I mean, this this could be an area that uh, it's still. Has a lot of potential to be explored, um, and uh, you know, even in in healthcare, we, we you know we are seeing products already enabled by um, wearable sensors, and you know, uh, you mentioned earlier, and also personalized <clears throat> implants for orthopedics and and dental. So I think these will be, and I think more of these are needed, you know, especially in in Singapore. Um, where we see a uh, you know aging population and, and it is not just limited to Singapore but it's also you know a global phenomenon right so so I think this is uh, what we we think um, will be good um, and I mean and we talked about you know Singapore is also kind of ready to attract uh, startups and in and, and, and companies that you know we can lower the barrier for entry for them to come um, to Singapore to you know do these kinds of uh, economical transformation,
0: um, yeah. And, and where where do you hope to be with Singapore in five years and NAMIC in five years? What do you hope to think the uh, what do you hope to achieve or where do you hope to be working towards?
2: I think in the five years I would like to you know I think more or less uh, see this technology. You know we are talking about AM as a still a nascent technology, but I hope in in that period of time. We're talking about uh, sort of like a very stable technology um, that has impacted the different verticals that we are uh, see. You know, we've been you know uh, focusing on, and uh, and we are seeing. Uh, we like to see companies actually scaling up, not just uh, in small batch, uh, but really you know uh, in in larger quantities and and production actually really industrial production. Um, like to see you know micro factories. Uh, set up, uh, you know, uh, that, that are, that are doing, um, uh, you know, really uh, products that are going into the market. Um, and, uh, you know, so, and we also like to see the more jobs uh, being created and, uh, you know, more, more engineers and, and folks in AM uh, in five years, you know, in, in not just in hundreds, but in, in thousands. And that's, that's what I think, uh, uh, I'd like to see personally, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and and for me, uh, you know, at least in five years' time, to see a real nice three uh, D printed building up and running. Uh, we're all maybe I, I might be living in one, <laughs> so I I like to see that. That's uh, that's a kind of vision that I want to see.
0: All right, Mahendra thank you so much for your time, and thank you for that.
2: Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you, Joris, um, and Max. It's been it's been fun. Thanks, thanks for giving me this time, and uh, I hope um, yeah we'll continue our conversation over some curry and chicken and
1: uh, some chicken rice, and we do next meet in Singapore.
0: <laughs> I'm all for that. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Make it count me in. I know where I'm going. Uh- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and, and thank you for uh, being. Uh, so thank you for being here as well, Max. Yeah, always a pleasure to be here. And thank you for listening. This is another episode of the 3D Pod. My name is Joris Peels. Have a nice day. You've been listening to the 3D Pod.
1: For more information on what you just heard or to subscribe, visit
0: www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint underscore com.